because <laughs> holidays are almost over. Yeah. Yep, we were all busy and had a bunch of stuff going on, so we had to skip last week's episode. Um, but we're going to be catching right back up and uh, finishing off this list. Um, we're so close. We're like halfway there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I apologize if you hear me coughing at any point. I'm <laughs> not feeling good. So I'm just still going to power through this, though. Um, I may have gotten us sick. Yes. Uh, my wife may have brought something home. <laughs> it's been kind of bad. <laughs> so anyway, I apologize for that. Um, all right. So last week, we left off on the fog, I believe. Yes. Yes. So, that will bring us to number 55 on our list, Slant Magazine's Best Horror Movies of All Time, their top 100. We're going to do Quieten, though. Yes. So, actually, she's right. (laughs) We uh, have a few movies here that are hard to get our, you know, hard to get a hold of, and we will find them. Quieten was one that we wanted to wait until we revisited, um, and I have, and Richard has gone back and looked at it and we uh now we're comfortable enough to you know to talk about it so um yeah we're gonna come back to the yeah we're gonna come back to this one today and then inland empire which is a little further down on the list we can't even find this to rent on prime or anywhere we're gonna have to buy it so i'm gonna order it so we'll be coming back to that that's the seven um and that was another one we said hey we get back to it you know but we can't even rent the thing so, yeah, I'm going to have to purchase it. Hopefully it's not a horrific movie. <laughs> so, Whoopsie! Alright, so Quieten. Let's get on with the list here. I just watched this for the first time today, actually, funny enough, when I had some downtime. And I actually really enjoyed it. It's a four-story anthology type of film uh, set in old-world Japan samurai-type days. Um, Quieten itself, I believe, means ghost story, something like that. And, uh, and that's really what this is. There's a lot of supernatural elements in this, as well as love story and drama and all kinds of other things, I, you know. But uh, I'll let, I'll let uh, Dose Rich talk about it a little bit. Dose Rich. Okay. Um, you know, I haven't seen this movie in a while. We just uh, actually pulled it up here. Like, we kind of looked through it a little bit. Actually, just a few minutes ago, I was trying to remember a specific thing that... Uh, kind of, yeah, kind of these old Japanese movies tend to blend, uh, blend together. But um, I do remember the strongest story for me uh, being Lupi is the first story. Um, you know, this, uh, uh, which is the tale of this lady in the snow who brings uh, this man into her home. But there's also uh, there's the four, there's three other stories. You, you know, you get your you get an anthology here of classic um, Japanese folktales that have horrific endings to them. I mean, they're not going to be too too graphic or violent, Mm -hmm. but, you know, they're going to be disturbing in the way classic folktales are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think this movie would appeal... I mean, I enjoy it. I I remember enjoying it. But this movie would appeal more for people who like folktales, who like classic folklore, more than a straight horror film. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't even... This... This almost crosses over in the territory of not being horror at all, really, when, when I was watching them. I and yes, there's elements of it there, but uh, 
one of the stories that stood out to me the most today that I really liked, The Woman in the Snow, had a lot more going on in it than just horror. So, I mean, that's kind of how the whole movie is. But, you know, he's right. They, these are based off of old Japanese tales and stuff that, that were adapted into a, a, into a novel. I think it was like 1904. And that guy, I don't know if he put his own twist on it or what, but it was all based off of things that were from the old Japanese world. And uh, then it was made into a movie in 1964. And for the age of this film, there's beautiful colors in there. I mean, a lot of the sets, and you can tell they're on sets, but what they do with that is absolutely amazing. There's a lot of scenes where there's eyes in the, like the background up in the skies and around the wood. I mean, there's a lot of really cool little things they did with this movie. And the stories themselves are very good. And some of them, one of them, uh, Rich and I were just talking about, was remade into a, into a newer anthology movie that came out in the 80s or early 90s, right, right around there, maybe 80s. I think that was 80s. Yeah, and I didn't even realize it because I'd never seen quite a and uh yeah i mean so it's been been used and, and it's really good i enjoy it and then the set pieces are amazing yeah, yeah i mean I, I think that um you know this was like a, a golden age of japanese cinema there's a lot of great directors a lot of great movies um and this is one of them that belongs in the criterion collection mm -hmm. you know this is where most people are going to watch this movie now uh is in a Criterion Blu-ray or on the Criterion streaming service. And if you have, for people who aren't familiar with that, Criterion is people's job to collect the greatest movies ever made. So the question really becomes then, is this actually a horror film? And so, you know, does it actually belong on this list as 100 greatest horror movies? Is it a great movie? Yes. Yeah. I... I just I don't know. Is it it's, more fairy tale? Well, it's got old. It's got <laughs> no, not fairy tale. I mean, well, maybe little elements Folklore here and there, but kind of thing. but you know, from what I saw, there are some stories that do have a horror element. There's there's curses. There's um, promises of death. There's I mean, but there's also a lot of mm -hmm. samurai swordplay and, and love story. Like I said earlier, drama, and loss. And, and there's, I think there's actually more of that than anything else. So I don't know if it truly is, uh, you know, a flat-out horror movie. I don't know if it should really be on a top 100 list of this caliber. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really the only thing really up for debate because we're just talking about, you know, best horrors. I think it's great. Oh, so do I. I love um, it. Yeah, so, I mean, what would you give it? I'd give it. I really enjoyed this. I'd give it a five. I liked it. You know, I... I don't really have any arguments with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, these, uh, for people unfamiliar with it, Japanese cinema between the 50s and the 70s, there's a lot of five rich movies. There's a lot of great, great movies. Yeah. And uh, there's one of them. Yeah, you can't go wrong with this. You have to be a person that love, that appreciates good color and art, you know, within a film and likes it, you know, really cool set pieces. One thing I liked about Legend, which, not horror, but I just love what they did with the sets that they had, and mm -hmm. I think Clyde does a really good job with that. It captures a lot of cool samurai stuff too, if you're into all that, um, which I am. I do like that kind of stuff, and so to me, for me, and that's why we're giving it our our rating here. I mean, you might watch it and hate it, but uh, to me, it, it deserves a top spot because it's just a gorgeous movie, really. When you think about it, so yeah. All right, we're going to move right on along. Like I said, we're going to skip Inland Empire again. 
until I can buy it. So that'll be here probably next week. Which leaves us two movies. We got to catch up on Devils, which we do have. We just haven't watched yet. And Inland Empire. Yes, the Devils. That's going to be a tough one because I haven't even I haven't been able to find one that's even in our region um, for our players. So I would have to go and buy. Um, I would have to go buy you know a, a, a region free player, and I've got a perfectly good player here right now. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But yeah, I mean yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and it'll just get put up on a service one day. Yeah, I'm hoping that, so. Cause that, it's yeah, that just happened to me. I just bought a, uh-huh. a movie I had just wanted to see, and it's like they knew. The moment I bought it, the next day it got put on Hulu. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, well, there's a waste of nine uh, bucks. That doesn't shock me at all, because um, that, I've had that kind of crap happen to me, too. Although I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to collect again. You know, I used to really like to collect horror and, and other types of movie, uh, horror mainly, but I've actually started again with 4Ks that I can get my hands on or just Blu-ray. Well, the movie, so, the movie I was watching was not worth collecting. Yeah, it was, was more, a, one of those, was one of those. Was one of those. I was just going to say, you know, if I make that mistake now, it's not, <laughs> not terrible. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm trying to collect it. Anyway. All right. And uh, so... Number 55, The Fall of the House of Usher, Edgar Allan Poe, 1928. So this is the original. This isn't any, you know, this is the first. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this was a pretty interesting story. Uh, what, what's your take on it, Rich? All right, so, um, you know, The Fall of the House of Usher is, is an iconic American horror story. It's been made multiple times. In fact, uh, you know, Tim Burton tried to make a modern remake, you know, so I'm sure... You know, his, his remake failed in the 90s, but someone will remake it. It's been made a lot. There's a 50s version, a 60s version, there's an 80s version. Uh, this original version, I enjoyed it, but for you at home, this is a silent film. Um, and admittedly, one that I have not seen. I have seen the remake, the one from the 90s, I, I believe it was. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, remakes. So, some are really good, some yeah, are not. It could have been the 80s. I can't remember now, but it, it's been so long. But yes, this was one I did not get to revisit. That's why I'm kind of handing the reins over. I mean, the story's pretty simple. It's Edgar Allan Poe, so you know it's dark right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even the summary really summarizes it very well. It is literally a woman who's slowly being drained to death by a, by a portrait that's being painted. Mm-hmm. And total Edgar Allan Poe stuff, and I, and I am a fan of reading his stuff, but it's just been so long since I touched on on the House of Usher. But I do remember the remake being okay. I, I don't know that's not on this list, so obviously Slant doesn't feel like uh, any of the remakes are worthy of anything. So yeah, I mean I don't. I, I mean I haven't seen all the remakes, but I never saw one that blew me away. Um, this one, you know, this movie has some really awesome film work that I think you know I, I haven't seen this movie in almost 20 years and I still remember a lot of the film work uh, there's some really interesting spinning camera things they do that lead into the, the text cards for you those unfamiliar with silent films they will cut from the film to text cards back to the film this one does that in a really unique way with a lot of different fonts coming at it from a lot of different angles to catch madness and I mean it's really interesting uh, but I, I mean, I, there's a lot of really great silent movies, and I don't know if this is even a top ten silent horror movie, and I don't know if I would even put it on my all 100 best horror films. If you like silent movies, 
If you like old camera work, you probably enjoy this a lot. If you don't like either of those things, and you're not a big Edgar Allan Poe fan, so you really want to see the adaptation, this is a hard pass. And I think to be on the 100 best horror movies list, you can't be a pass at all. You know, you got to be... Uh, you got to be... Uh, stand the test of time. So, I don't know. I would give this movie a solid four riches as far as what it is. Uh, it's a great movie. But I don't think I would put this on a... My hundred, hundred greatest, greatest horror films. Well, like I said, I haven't seen it. Being Edgar Allan Poe, I like, like I said, of his stories, of course. And just because this is based off, I know this kind of seems like a little favoritism there, but it is kind of true. I, I like the guy's work so much anyway that that I could agree with reading his stuff pretty high. But I, I agree that I've never bothered to see this version of this movie, and the version I did see, I haven't seen and. 25 plus years or whatever it's been now yeah. so it's it's like I mean I mean this movie I don't is, know if it would be on my top 100 or not I think it does say a lot that even though it is a silent film it made almost well actually yeah damn near 100 years ago now right 1920 I mean it's still better than movies just made 20 30 years yeah. ago about the same story yeah. but it's also just I mean the silent there was a lot of silent movies made there's a lot of really great silent films and a few of them definitely deserve to be on this list, but I, I just don't see this one being. Yeah. But like I said, there's a lot of great camera work. And there's going to be a lot of great transitions. Yeah, and there's going to be people out there that are going to that are going to think maybe it does. I mean, obviously Slant did. I mean, I, like I said, I really like the stories from Edgar Allan Poe, and if it stays true to, to the actual story, I'll have to reread this again. Yeah, no, this but, is a, this is definitely worth a revisit if you like Edgar Allan Poe. Of course, I do. Um, and I, I love Al, like say, Alfred Hitchcock stuff too. All deserve a lot of his stuff that were really marketed as horror. I think deserve in my mind be at least somewhere on this list. And but, you know, we were we did mention we wanted to kind of bring up where you could watch these. Um, I did not watch it here, uh -huh. uh, but I did see that uh, there is you know if you have Roku or things that can download those apps, you know, there is a free movie channel. I know it's on there. Okay. I've seen it pop up on there when I've watched other movies on it. Oh, like the Roku channel? Well, it's literally called the Free Movie Channel. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. I was going to yeah. say, it might be on Tubi, too. I, I don't know. I Like I said, I didn't try to track this one down because I kind of had an idea. So there's, it tries to play off a TCM, and it crosses out the T and then just says Free Classic Movies uh, Channel. Oh, that's gotcha. what you can see it on. And uh, there's actually, that's worth a download if you have it on Roku or anything. There's a, pretty much anything that's 1950s or older, you can pretty much get. And you know, see a really pretty good copy for it. Awesome. All right. And we're gonna move on um, to a movie I just watched not too long ago, and actually was pretty. I thought it was really good. I, yeah, I was pretty impressed with. Um, it was called Audition. Audition was made in 1999, and like I said, I just watched it not too long ago, so it's kind of fresh on my memory. This one was, like, notorious for being, like, this gore-fest movie, or that's what I was always told. And uh, Takashi Miike, uh, you know, usually does pretty disturbing things. Even his Masters of Horror was pretty bad. But, you know, it is. Don't get me wrong. It's a disturbing movie. Unfortunately, I can't get into that too much because it would spoil the ending but I do know that most of this movie was trickery. It was about a man that lost a loved one and was being talked into trying to get back into dating. And uh, 
and uh, boy did he yeah he did <laughs> concocts a, a plan with um, uh, a producer friend or an audition friend of his because they're like in the movie industry and they come up with a uh, a plan to trick somebody into dating this man or falling for him and things just kind of go downhill they don't go the way that he th- yeah, I thought they were gonna and uh, it, don't get me wrong it does get very brutal and you know towards the end but it wasn't I liked it a lot. I, I really did, but it wasn't uh, what everybody was telling me it was. I, I had, a, we know a guy um, that loves this director, so oh, it was the nastiest thing I've ever seen. And I can't say that it was. But the movie was made very well. I really thought um, it was a good drama. Uh, well, it, it really plays off like a, like a drama love story, maybe a little bit of comedy in there. Um, it was really good. I don't know, did you ever get around to seeing it? I have not. Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say gory either. Not but gore, it was gore. No, definitely. Dis- it was it's disturbing. Uncomfortable. Yeah, I, that's a good word for it. <laughs> disturbing. <clears throat> yes. And unfortunately, I mean, it, it's it's about madness, love, loss, all kinds of stuff, and uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And and with a movie like this, you can't really get too far into it, otherwise, I'll give it away. Mm-hmm. But let's just say the guy does find this woman, and the woman does not turn out to be what he thought it had. It just goes downhill. She's no Cinderella. Yeah, it, <laughs> it goes downhill pretty quickly for the man. But I, I thought it was very well acted. I thought it, it, I thought it flowed really well. I had a nightmare sequence in there that's sure to disturb. That uh, I really, I was pretty good. I mean, definitely a disturbing movie. But. Very well done. I, this is a for me. I really enjoyed watching it. I give this a you know a four because I'd watch yeah. this one again. Yeah, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I'm just chiming in because I for, did see it when you were for watching it. Squeamish people, <laughs> people that are squeamish. This is not like you know you're hearing us saying it's not gory, but don't get me wrong. There are some very hard to to watch scenes uh, in this film that squeamish people will not have a fun time with. No, at all. So. Um, no, there was quite a few scenes that made me very uncomfortable, yes. so I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. And the movie will trick you, because a lot of these don't come until later later in the movie. <laughs> Once they start coming, it's pretty, yeah, it's disturbing. So Would you put it on your 100 grapes? I would probably keep this on there, yeah. Yeah. Like in the same spot? Probably, yeah, probably. Maybe a little, maybe a little lower. I mean, because this is what I come back to over and over again. I'd give it a four, because it's a really well done movie. And it's definitely a horror film. There's no questioning that. But it does throw a lot of different uh, genre in there, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Very good. So we'll move on. This is all Dose Rich. This is one that I did not get a chance to, to review, and that's okay. This is why we're doing this, for you guys to learn about new stuff. and For us, too. For us, as well. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to catch up to a lot of these movies, but, you know, with time doesn't always permit um the tenant 1976 number 53 on our list um you guys i'm sure most people have heard of roman polanski very infamous person yeah rosemary's baby he had the he uh you know his wife was murdered by the manson family and um, he did some bad stuff and ran and you know he he's definitely an infamous director yeah he's mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to get too much into the, the, the politics of it because everyone's had different opinions, and I really don't have that hard of an opinion, but it is worth mentioning for the people that 
you know, they, they are very, uh, what's the word? Um, I don't know what the word be. Invested in that type of stuff. You know, the reason he is such a controversial figure is, you know, he did something that most people think is pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. Yet people that, you know, are always saying it's bad, defend him nonstop, you know, and other... So it kind of, it makes a lot of people look like hypocrites, so he's going to stay controversial until the day he dies. Yep. And that's just because people don't like looking like hypocrites. And yet, that's... So, you know, but yeah, I don't want to go into that, but, you know, this is worth mentioning that... Um, you know, for some people, that this might tank this movie. If it does for you, I, I, I feel bad for you because this is a fantastic movie. This is probably um, his... I think Chinatown's his best movie, but I think if he hadn't starred himself in this film, the Tenet would be... It would be better with... I mean, it would be considered his best film um, because of the fact that... He starred himself as the lead role, and um, I, you know, cast would be the actual word. Uh, and I'm kind of, I'm sorry, I'm kind of drifting here because I'm trying to look up if this took place after his wife was murdered. Because I don't actually know that, but I probably, I mean, it, if it did, it would explain the feel. But basically, I couldn't find it real quick, and I don't want to drag it out too much. Richard might look it up for me here, um, but. This movie definitely has the feel that it might have taken place after his wife's murder. Uh, yes, yeah, so she, Sharon Tate was murdered <clears throat> in 1969. And this movie was released in 76. Yeah. yeah, okay, so this movie definitely is probably dealing with his emotions from that. And so therefore, uh, this movie's a raw nerve. You know, this movie, unlike a lot of the artsy-fartsy movies on this list, is a horror movie. This movie is horrifying, disturbing, uh, will leave you very, very uncomfortable, and yet it's not very violent. It's not twisted. It plays with sound a lot. It deals with being um, in an environment surrounded by people 24-7, the judgment of others, how other people affect your lives. Um, how people bond. The basic plot line of this movie is a man who is in Paris, who is from Poland, moves there, is treated as an outsider no matter what he does. He moves to an apartment complex, and he finds out that the tenant who was in there before him, something horrible happened to her. He tracks her down, runs into what I believe is her lesbian lover, but I'm not quite sure on that. Uh, it's implied, but it's never really stated. Uh, befriends her, pretends to be the previous tenant's friend, gets involved in her life, tries to figure out what happened to her, and I don't want to give away any twists or endings, but even reality itself, by the end of its question, uh, like I said, it's, it's a horrifying film. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, when you're done with it, uh, you're going to hate people. Uh, all people, including the main character. Everyone in the movie is despicable, and everyone's realistic. And uh, it really, ca- I think, captures um, the, you know, the emotions that he was feeling uh, escaping the United States so he wouldn't be prosecuted for what he did uh, after his wife was murdered, dealing with his wife's murder, dealing with hiding out in a foreign place that no one really wanted him there. And it's all encapsulated in this movie, which is why I felt like he needed to cast himself and Roman Polanski is just 
not an amazing actor. Uh, is he terrible? No. Uh, but this this movie, I think, would have been uh, considered a fantastic film had he picked an actor who really could go above and beyond if I be quiet, I seem deep. And uh, that's basically what you get. You get this very understated role where he answers everything in one or two lines and just stares meaningfully into the camera. Um, you know, knowing what happened to him and getting some of the emotions he's like trying to prevent, you know, project, uh, I think it works, but it doesn't make a great movie, no. But this is a great movie. I don't know if I'd put it number 53. I'd probably put it in the 80s somewhere on my list, but I, I really enjoy this film. This would be a five rich movie if he didn't cast himself, but he did. So this is a solid four rich movie. But, um, I mean, this is a must-see film, though, if you like horror. Uh, he does, it plays with everything from, I mean, everything. Textually, uh, verbally, sound-wise. And it's got a hell of a twist ending, which, I mean, this guy, I mean... I'm not going to give away too much, but it descends into madness so much he's even questioning his own gender and who he is. Oh, really? And turns into just... I mean, it's a total mindfuck of a film. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And at the end, it plays with time itself. What the fuck's even happening? Really enjoyable movie. Very right. enjoyable. So a solid uh, four? For yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, he just... I think it's a tough ask when you cast yourself... <laughs> in a movie that's really just following you 24-7. So. Alright. Unless you're Mel Gibson. Unless you're Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So I, could, I could watch Mel Gibson 24-7. I probably could. A lot of people probably don't like to hear that, but dude, Mel Gibson. Well, I mean, politics aside, he was an amazing actor, yeah, director. He, I, he had a lot of good stuff. I mean, I don't think I saw a, a movie he acted directed that was bad. No. No, the stuff he directs especially. You know, you know, underrated of his acting directors, movies, Forever Young. Forever Young, that's been a long, Helen Hunt and all that. Yeah. It's been a long time. Where he, he, uh, he's an ice man, basically. He's a frozen man who wakes up out of time and pace, and he starts aging at an accelerated rate while falling in love. Great movie. Yep. Great movie. Yeah, that was a good one. I saw that when I was a kid. I liked that movie. Another good one he directed, Man Without a Face. <laughs> With Elijah Wood? Yeah, everybody knows like everybody knows Braveheart. Everyone knows those yeah, ones. Some of those old ones he did were, were pretty damn good. Yeah, I don't too. know how I feel about Man Without a Face, but I, there's of course a lot of movies. I, I like Apocalypto. I mean, yeah, but he didn't of, star in it. He didn't, but I, he directed it. You know, Waldo's in that movie. Yes, in the body <laughs> pit. I did know that little bit of truth. Yeah, he had a little tiny one. Well, we can't really watch it for yourself. And we should probably not go off about somebody everyone Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, number fifty-two, Ani Baba. 1964 basic premise of this movie is about uh, a mother and daughter that kill wandering samurai or samurai that are coming through to steal and sell their possessions how they make their living and eventually catches up to them in a way with a demonic force a mask and a stranger I believe it's called a kabuki mask yes a kabuki mask bad things start to happen now this is, admittedly, I've read a lot about this movie, and I have found it. So I will be watching it. But apparently it is full of, for being a 1964 movie, full of nudity and sex and, and violence and all kinds of stuff. Well, a lot of old Japanese movies were. Yeah, uh, they, a little uh, different than what, what we see here, you know, in American movies. Is that in these times, yeah, you get some that were 
a little risque, but you never had just full-blown... Yeah, I mean, in Japan, from what I've noticed, I've watched a lot of Japanese movies, but I noticed as long as you blur mm-hmm. the actual member of the vagina, you can pretty much get away with filming anything. Yeah. And yeah. getting an R rating. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, I mean... I mean, I'm not 100% on that, but I've seen enough to think that that's probably the case. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, but this, this one apparently pushed a lot of boundaries for... Japanese, even for a Japanese film in 1964, apparently, yeah, it was very violent and very sexual and deals with a posi- basically somebody who's possessed by a, a mask, yeah, mm-hmm. and starts to deal, I don't know if it was revenge or what, like, but it starts to dole out, you know, it's kind of a punishment on these, on these, on this family, I think, because, yeah, I mean, there's, there's affairs going on in this movie from what I remember reading and, and uh, with neighbors, with, like neighbors, and all mm-hmm. kinds of crazy stuff going on. Yeah, uh, you know the movie's about the movie's about a bunch of degenerates, uh-huh. and basically society itself. I mean, this is not the. I mean, this is what I took from it. I see. I would. I uh, bear in mind most of these old Japanese movies I watched over twenty years ago. There was a phase where I watched endless amounts of, of older Japanese films, and this movie, the general premise of it is almost like society itself creates an avenging spirit mm. to punish everyone for their disgusting behavior. Yeah, in this little village that they're in. Yeah. yeah. And I did, like I said, I did track this one down. Like some of these I haven't been able to find without buying. This one, um, this one is sitting in the queue right now. This You can actually see Anibaba on HBO Max right now. And I did remember seeing The Tenant, I think, is on... Um, Chiller, or it's on Tubi. It's on one of the two. I'd have to look. Chiller's still around. It's not Chiller. Uh, not Shutter. Chiller. Shutter. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. So, no, I wish Chiller was still around. No, it Shutter. Should be. But I read somewhere NBC took that off the air, even though it was making money. It just didn't make them enough money. It's bullshit. Yeah, so sorry bullshit. about that. Shutter. Good I, stuff. I can't remember. I did find this though. This movie. It was uh, was either Tubi or Shutter. So one of those two have this movie, and I know it because I found it. But, uh, yeah, Anibaba is on HBO Max right now, and I don't know how long it'll be on there. I don't know what their turnaround rate is, but there's actually a lot of these old Japanese. You can watch uh, Quiet On on there as well on HBO Max. Um, they carry, they actually have a nice little selection of Japanese horror, if that's what you're into. And, um, yeah. So, what do you think on Anibaba? I remember this movie pretty well. Um... <clears throat> You know, which is, I think, a test to the quality when you haven't seen something in like 20 years. Um, I thought it was directed well. Um, a lot of good lighting, uh, from what I remember. Um, I think that there is uh, also something for just the way Japanese people speak in these old movies. The way they, like, I don't know if it was... Um, Part of their culture before World War II, but a lot of the old actors still speak from the diaphragm, so it's like they're freaking screaming everything mm-hmm. in their bassy voices, which really uh, I remember adding a lot to this movie. Um, uh, you know, I liked this movie quite a bit. Uh, I didn't love it, mm-hmm. um, from what I remember. Um, so I don't know. It's been it's been so long. I I, I wouldn't give it a five. Because movies that are fives, no matter how long, I remember, like, oh, man, this was... 
So I, I probably give this a four rich rating. Four rich. Um, I do know that um, I particularly like a couple of the actors' portrayals in this movie. I mean, like they are captivating. Mm. Uh, so it's worth watching. And like I said, I remember it very well. And you know, for a movie you only seen once decades ago, that I think that's it's quite a statement. So I, I think yeah, I think for just I don't know if I I'd have to rewatch it. Before I would say I'd put it on my list, and if I did, I know I would put it low. Yeah, and that's the problem. That's the only issue I have with this list <clears throat> is that I've seen, and I've said this before in previous episodes. I've seen so many horror films, and we found a list here that I just some of this stuff like I I've never thought you know with the old Japanese stuff and the silent films, I just haven't seen a lot of those. I, there's I definitely watch different eras of of horror so it's well, what, I, I, what this is doing this is kind of nice because it expands. it expands my horizon a little bit i'm not just stuck in you know certain generations of horror i mean and i have enjoyed the japanese ones i've gone back and watched so far i think though that so, also this list is going to do for us is we're going to present you with our own list yeah and i think that's going to be a nice change of pace um because you're not going to get um a film critic you know oh, let's get the masterpieces here. We're going to present what we find to be the most 100 enjoyable yep. uh, horror movies. You know, and a lot of these movies belong on those. It's serial, uh, but, you know, let's just say there will be no Halloween 2s. Yeah. Yes. And you might be hearing about a few movies that, though critically might not get the Anibaba rating, you might go, wow, I can't stop watching this movie. It's like the fifth time I've watched it. So. Yeah, and that's going to be cool. That's why we're taking our time with this. I mean, we're trying to move at a decent pace, but really what this portion of the show, we, and, and we'll move to different lists and, and hit on different movies and, and things like that you know, down the road, but our plan, like he said, is we're going to take what we've looked at here, and by the time we do this, we'll have seen everything. Like I said, I know we're kind of shuffling around a little bit. but Well, not too bad. There's only three yeah. movies so far. Well, yeah, yeah, it's true. One's coming up, Eyes Without a Face. We're going to have to, and I did find that. That's another one that seems to have popped up on HBO Max. So when we come back to that next week, I will, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one. Um, but yeah, before we even start compiling our own list, anything that we've missed or, or, or need to rewatch, we'll have done so. And then we're going to just put together our own list. And like you said, no Halloween 2s, we're going to remove certain movies from this list as well and add things we think would have been a better fit. And so that'll be kind of fun, and we'll read that whole thing off. Uh, and a spoiler, Climax will not be on the list. <laughs> yeah, Climax, yeah. He hates the French film. <laughs> that French film. Yeah, so, so we're just going to, it's a fun little thing we're doing, and then after this, we'll figure out what our next adventure will be. But I hope you all continue to listen. It's been fun. Uh, let's move on. So this movie is called A Page of Madness. 1926, another old, another oldie. Uh, did you see this one? I have seen this movie. It was another, uh, another kind of similar to Fall House Usher, where I can see why these movies pop up on lists like these, especially with film students. And I'm just going to real quick here look at this phone just to get the name. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm assuming it's Crotchy. If it's not Crotchy, I apologize if you're listening to Crotchy. Crotchy. I put the guy's name's Crotchy. Crotchy. Like that. 
I'm telling you, it's, it's not gross. I know that much. But he's something. But anyway, whoever did this for Page of Madness, you know, these are cinephiles. And so, you know, I think this is, this is one of those picks. There's a lot of fantastic, really cool film work in this movie that was necessary to catch the attention of people in the silent film era. And it looks amazing, and it makes you go, oh, why would that not make it to now? Why are these things forgotten? The movies have sound now. You know, spinning cameras and things like high def. There's a lot of special effects things that you used to be able to do in low res that just look like ass in high res. I mean, you know, people watch old sci-fi and go, wow, this movie looks, this looks cheeseball. It's like not when we were watching it on our little televisions in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't so high res. You could see the ears didn't have holes in them and where the texture met the mass. You know, you watched it and you were like, this looks amazing. And, you know, with, you know, this is one of those films. Like, if it was, if it was you know, it, it, there's a lot of really interesting camera work. There's some really interesting stuff. <clears throat> but, you know, the medium has grown so much with soundtracks, special effects, uh, actors with their voices. That it's just so hard to put a silent movie on the list. Uh, and there's so many of them on this list, you know. And I, but this is a very enjoyable film. Um, I like it. Uh, I enjoyed watching it the one time. Um, you know, it's it is uh, it's what most silent films are. It's 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 got a, a good creepy story uh, that is inherently shocking. If you you know, a, 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 with some great camera work to. Uh, but no, I, I, I would give this, I would give this four riches, but I wouldn't put this on my, on my list. Okay. Yeah. It was a very enjoyable film. Um, a little, little trivia too, reading about, it was, I guess, um, this film was considered lost for a long time. And then in 1970, the reels were found and they actually added a score to the movie, which I thought was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, well... That's, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I assume... You know, most silent films, they have scores, but they're not... They add them, but they're not like... It's like Hex. You know, you watched it different than I watched it. I mm -hmm. bet you we got different scores. Yeah. You know, if it has a permanent score, um, well, that's good. But mo you know, most of them, it's just whoever is doing it. Yeah. Um, so... It's kind of you know, cool, though. I'm yeah. I mean, adding a little trivia there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, real trivia, the first movie with an actual soundtrack was on this list. Which was the black cat with Bella Lugosi. Okay. Yeah. It looks like you can rent or buy a page of madness, depending on if this is your thing. Um, and, uh, and the in the summary is a man takes a job at an asylum, um, trying to break his his imprisoned wife out of there. And I don't know what that's gonna you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I, I don't need too much away from the story, mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, that's just the summary. Yeah, just... yeah. No, that it, that's it, it deals with the insanity, the patients. Mm -hmm. so I think a couple of them are actual probably. You patients. think so? Well, in the back in the day, they did. They used to k kill animals for real. They used, yeah. There was a lot of things that they used to put in films that wouldn't fly yeah. today. I mean, they were probably using real people yeah. that were institutionalized. <laughs> I just let them run around for a while. Yeah. Now, not to uh, get sidetracked, but I believe this is the fourth movie that has been a lost movie. Uh, it seems like the people on this list that made this list 
enjoy the concept of a movie. Well, shoot, even, for a while. I mean, even Near Dark. Near Dark was one. And then, um, which is really bizarre to me because amusement park, amusement was park, yeah, but that's not on our list. I mean. yeah. Yeah. it but should be though. This was so Page of Madness, Near Dark, um, uh, the old Dark House, and then uh, there's one other one, but I can't remember. All right, well, we'll move on. And like I said, this is going to be a fun little project for us once we make it through the list, um, making our own. That's going to be pretty fun because it's going to diff- it's going to change a little bit. I mean, I know you hear us say eh, it kind of deserves to be where it's at, or maybe a little higher on it, but some of this stuff's going to drastically change. Yeah, well, that's also you know that's also us just in the moment. Yeah, talking. Whereas when we sit down and actually compile a list, you know, it's like all this. You think something's going to end up on there, and it just does. Yeah, I know. Halloween 2 really didn't deserve... Halloween 2 really did And I love Rob Zombie's work, right? You know. But yeah, there's a lot of movies he's made that I really enjoy. I, not, I just, not El Super Beastel, though. But, oh, uh, yeah, I couldn't finish But, uh, you know, I do enjoy watching his movies, whether or not they're... It's his wife's voice. Yeah, yeah, don't... Yeah. It's just not mixing words on that one. So. No, he's, <laughs> you know, if you're out there listening to us, because we know you're a cinephile, um, your wife's got a, a very annoying his voice. I know she she really can. I don't know where they're where they're getting the idea that she's. Anyway, we're we're getting you know, off track. No, 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 she can't can kill it. Yeah. She can't like, yeah. and I don't mean kill it in a good way. I mean she can kill a movie with just yeah. talking too much. Hey man, I, I'm no Barry White over here, but I'm also not <laughs> yeah. casting myself as the yeah. the center of a film. <laughs> I know. Listening to my, myself even on this podcast, I'm like, man, I sound like an idiot sometimes. But you know, but that's why, like you said, we're not in front of the camera. If I was going to do any, if I could ever break into the film industry, I would love to, I wouldn't want to be an actor. I'd do something else. Well, I mean, it's also, it's like, you know, there's something to be said for someone, you know, we're ready to tear into her here, but that can act as an annoying voice. Yeah, yeah. She's not exactly the greatest actress either. Yeah, well, I'm not going to disagree. Sorry, Rob, if you ever hear this, you got somebody's got to say something, man. Come on now. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, what ended up happening 20 years from now, some guy's going to be fucking waking us up in the middle of the night, kick the shit out of I know, I'm going to wake up. This is from Rob! Oh, yeah, this is that wake up with a gun in my mouth. And the guy will be dressed as a clown. We won't even remember what the hell he's talking about. What? Oh, could you imagine some, some little freak from, like, 31 in my bedroom with a gun in my face? <laughs> but, all right. So we're going to move on. We're getting back into Cronenberg territory. Now, I've seen all of Cronenberg stuff. I'm sure you have. I have not. In you, fact, one of the few films I have not seen is the one we're about to talk about. So Cronenberg is known for making very disturbing imagery in his films. Yes. And they, not all his movies um, are horror, but almost all of them have, a have something. Yeah, even like Dead Ringers, which we'll be getting to on the list here not too long. I don't think we've touched Dead Ringers yet. Um... Same thing. That movie hardly has anything that you could consider true horror in it. And he throws something in there that makes it a true horror film, and it's only a two-minute scene. And I'm just like, man, because it was so disturbing. The Brood is no exception to that. I mean, this this is dealing with, with deformed, mutated children that were, you know, supposed, you know, you're, there's a, psycho- a psychologist, uh, scientist guy that's involved with this, um, that make this brood, and needless to say, just like any Cronenberg film, it's got some pretty bad stuff. I mean, you look at any of his body of work. Well, every fly, video drone, he's always got to put something in there. 
I mean, even in his, you know, you know, Kramer's a fantastic director, but even in his just regular, you know, action movie. I mean, History of Violence is his movie that is my favorite. Um, I do love his horror movies. The Fly being my personal favorite. But out of his just his movies, I think History of Violence is my favorite. Something about it. Oh, uh, History of Violence yeah, is great. I, I, even Eastern Promises was really good. That's I like Eastern a, Promises. That was, even a, that was more of a gangster Yeah, film. I mean, I like it, but I just well, there's something about all the elements that come together for me for History of Violence. The way it captures the mm-hmm. shattered marriage, the I guess small history, town. I guess History of Violence was gangster movie yeah. as well. Yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah, but even, even that movie, the scene where he... Yeah, I don't want to ruin who dies, but someone gets killed by having their nose shoved I mean, shoved into their brain. Yeah, punched right up and in the ears. <laughs> let's just say the squeamish. That's realistic. Oh. Like, when you see it, you're like, oh my God. Well, this movie... So I'm just saying, he, he has a... He has a yeah, he just has a way yeah. of capturing imagery that is shocking. Yep, he he can, and this movie's no exception. I mean, this this one, this so the, a character's wife from this movie goes under care for psychological conditions, and that basically this doctor who's very over the top and trying all this new experimental type of stuff, unconventional type of you know stuff, uh, starts treating her. And it, things just start going downhill. There, he gets tied in um, to these strangely deformed children that start attacking people. And God, it sounds like a movie I'm going to love. Yeah, you're going to like it. Yeah. And it is connected back to that guy. And I can't say too much about it. You know, I just know that there's a lot of go. It's 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 just like Rabbit. If you guys ever saw Rabbit, uh, you know, uh, that was also kind of a weird, nasty Cronenberg movie. Um, he wasn't always like what you saw in, in um, Dead Ringers and stuff like that, which, once again, we'll get to after a while. But he always has got to put something gross. And that's, that's the key. You guys will like this. This is a mix of horror and science fiction, I would say. Yeah. Because there's experiments and there's all kinds of things going on in there. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, it, it, so I would almost say that there, this has got some sci-fi in there. I would say that the violence is pretty severe. Um... I mean, people get beat to death. Uh, there's creature births. There's there's some gross stuff in there. There's a, there's a scene with a woman biting into something um, and removing something. That's all I'm going to say. That that's pretty, that's not for the school. I can see the picture right here on the the website. Yeah, yeah. It involves an organ and a whole bunch of different things, and biting and licking and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So <laughs> it's it's uh, it's not a, a movie for the, for the squeamish. Sounds like yeah. So it's not like if you're that guy, this man. I could I could sit through video drone. I could sit through this, but you don't like true horror, and this probably not for you. I mean, it does kind of go it does kind of go a little uh, nasty with the kills. So I, I was still any any Kron, older Cronenberg movies I love I'd give this a four personally I wouldn't I would never give The Fly I might give a five but like the, oh yeah. yeah but The Brood I I would say I'm right there in that three and a half to four range for The Brood now I, would you put this in the, I would still put well there's see there's well some, here's the thing you know we're gonna we're gonna clarify this uh, is that we're talking hundred greatest horror films you know something that's not the greatest movie can really be tran- you know transcending disturbing and, and, you know you know like, I don't I don't know yet I'm gonna have to think on it because Cron- I like Cronenberg's movies I mean 
as a true horror fan, you, you got to watch some of these things. Well, he's just a great director. Yeah, and he's good. And, and, well, the visuals, the, the gore and all that kind of stuff. I don't know, though. I don't know yet if I put this. So I'll, I'll revisit this when we make our list and we'll decide from there. But I still really do think it's a great horror film. Well, clearly it's not the most disturbing thing ever. Not ever. The most disturbing thing in the Cronenberg movie is Leo Mortensen's dick. Yeah. Eastern Promises. No, I wouldn't say it's the most disturbing film ever made. There's, There are some video nasties that exist out there that I've seen that by far blow anything out of the water that's in this list. By the way, so to Vigo Mortensen was an incredible scene. Yeah, it was an awesome fight that scene. Was, that was we just scene. didn't need to see your balls. I actually thought that, what's the word, gave it, um, it made it real. It made it real, but. Because he's just in the sauna, he's relaxing. It made it real, but man, those, those babies went right over the camera. Like, <laughs> that's because <laughs> that shit was real. Yeah. There is no stunt cock in that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little orgasmo reference there. Um. <laughs> but yeah, There's going to be a lot of references to movies you've never heard of in this podcast. <laughs> oh, man. I yeah. just watched Basketball. Yeah, Basketball. Time years the other day. I forgot how many big-time announcers they got yeah. in that shit. Neil Costas is in there talking. I'm like, oh, my God. He's got all these guys are in yep. here actually making up basketball terms. Well, it's because, well, it's because Trey, you know, Trey and, and Matt were so big yeah. at that time. Yeah. Trent South Park blowing up. Anybody was willing to do what they wanted. But those movies were so ridiculous. All right. So we're going to move on. This uh, So number 49 is the one that we are going to revisit. Or not even revisit. We're going to have to just watch entirely. Yes. If, I, if, if either of us have seen this, we do not remember it. Yeah, I know I haven't seen it, but I like I said, I found it. It's on HBO Max. This is Eyes Without a Face, um, so I will be watching. It's just been so crazy with the holidays. I haven't even had time, and then I got sick and all so this. So that brings us to three movies we'll yeah, catch up on. So, Devils, Inland Empire, and Eyes Without a Face. Yeah, whatever I caught this time around, man, it's been, it's been taking me down. I got no movie watching the last week or so. Hey, so three out of 51 is not bad. Not bad. Well, we might still dip to some. I don't know. But... Um, I am, I am excited to watch this one, though, because I have read a little bit about um, what it kind of deals with. And it's supposed to be kind of, a, for a 1960 movie, it's supposed to be kind of gruesome, they're saying. So I kind of want to, I don't mean gruesome, probably visual, you know, violence-wise. You never know. But I have a feeling it's going to deal with, with uh, ugly, uh, probably some unsavory, um, what, yeah. would you, what would you even say, like, uh, aspects or, or situations. It's going to be a demented or, journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I am excited to see this one. I am going to go back and watch Baba, And if I have anything more to say about it, maybe I'll bring it back up. Um, but yeah, I just had a face. So I know for a fact I'll get around to this probably this weekend. So The Vanishing, number 48. 1988 version. Now, Rich and I were talking about this when we were first looking up this list. I saw the newer version. Which, you know, I have seen both. And I feel that Richard here should be able to just fine talk about the movie because they are frame by frame remakes. Yeah, it, it's a. By the same director. Only difference would be the actors. Like, I believe the one I saw had Keith Sutherland and. and uh, uh, oh, come on. Uh, it's Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, that's who It's it Jeff Bridges, yeah. Sandra Bullock, and. Yeah. Is it Keith or Sutherland? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. It's been a minute since so, I've seen it. Yeah, it's key for something. You know, I have a theory on this. I'm going to throw this out here. Almost every time a German horror movie, because this happens a lot, is made, it is super popular, 
or a Danish or whatever, they get the same guy for some reason to redirect it in America very shortly thereafter. And they, they, did it with, they did it with funny games. They did it with funny games. Yeah. They do it with a lot of movies. And, uh-huh. and every single time, they did it with Let the Right One In. They made it Let Me In, which wasn't a frame-by-frame remake. They took out the trans stuff, which now they would go back and go, oh, my God, no, we're going to put it back in. But, you know, the thing is, is that... Um, hey, it's the market. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is that they usually they're almost exact frame-by-frame yes, copies, and then people yeah. talk shit about the American version. I think that has to do with two things. One, a lot of people, you know... Let's just be, you know who you are, and you know who the people that do it. They want to be like, oh, you know, edgy. But for the people that actually have genuinely seen it, I think it's the, it's the concept. You're seeing the exact same movie less than a year or two later. Yeah. It's and so, so you're like, it loses the yeah, impact. Yeah, and, he, and he's not even kidding. Uh, so I was, well, just, I was just looking up the date on the one that I saw. The one that I saw was made in 93. So you gotta think the other one was made in '88. They yeah. don't, there's not a huge time yeah. gap there. Yeah, so. and, yeah, and you know, and so you, yeah, it's just it's not you're like it's this exact same movie. So you're like, oh, the the impact's not the same for the critics. But am I actually for my money? I actually think the American Vanishing is better than the German one personally. But that's just me. Yeah. But I think that you know you literally know the plot of the movie. You know everything that happens. It's, it's literally the same. It's an abduction movie. It is, it, and it is, and it's well done. It's an abduction, and it's a psychological thriller. You know that we're not going to give anything away by telling you what happens. Well, to in the beginning with the abduction, mm-hmm. you you open up with someone who's practicing something mm-hmm. in both films. Mm-hmm. You don't know what he's practicing. He's trying to get good at something. Yeah, yeah. You can see all these strange things he's doing. He's going in the forest. He's mm-hmm. timing stuff. He's listening, and you don't know why. And in both time, both movies. He's a well-to-do professor. You know, everyone loves him, yada, yada, yada. Then you meet a young couple who don't have it together. Gas station. I don't, can't remember in the German version of gas station. It's been a long time. But I mean, I remember them being pretty much frame by frame, so I think yeah, it is yeah, their equivalent very, of a gas station. Yeah, it's very... You know, it's not, oh, oh, I don't know about the yeah. German. I'm saying in the German yeah, version, yeah. I think it's their equivalent of a gas station. It might have been an eatery, but either way, guy goes in, he comes out, woman is gone. This is not ruined the movie because this is the central theme of the well, movie. It's a chase. He wants to find out what happened. Yeah, it's a chase. It's an abduction chase movie. So well, it's, it's even it's even different because the key the key find the killer starts tormenting him with him letting him go no, out. Why don't you find yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Why he don't wants, you find out? To, so Kiefer Sutherland literally goes on a quest to try to find uh, this this girl. Yeah, and it's and it's very much through his eyes most of the time. And it's the same in the German. Yep. It's it's really from his point of view most of the movie. And it flashes back to I'm talking the American version, of course, Jeff Jeff Bridges and Well the German movie does too. Okay. So I don't know, it's very it's a pretty intense movie. It's it, definitely a thriller. I think it's more of a thriller than it's true horror, but you know, I mean the only thing I can give the German one is because you don't know any of the actors. Uh-huh. You know, you know you're you know, it's a little. I, sometimes when you don't know actors in horror, it makes it more a little more realistic because you've never seen them in a role. I just see. I just don't really feel now. Do do I think that this movie deserves a mention? Oh yeah, even the '93 one. I really liked it. Jeff Bridges was creepy in that movie too. I prefer. I actually prefer the American version because I do think. You know, I think the acting's better. I think that always when something subtitles, it makes. The actors appear better, mm-hmm. but as someone who's watched both these movies several times, I mean, I really like the band. I, you guys are really anyone who has not seen either of these, go watch them. They're really good, and I just I think the American version, Jeff Bridges, 
doesn't get wrapped up in his weird, I'm going to act like a guy who acts like Jeff Bridges thing he's been doing for a while now. Ever since he started in True Grit, he just suddenly talks differently. <laughs> yeah. And literally every role is, I'm literally playing the guy from yeah. True Grit, playing the guy who's playing. You know, which is really, which is really sad because I like Jeff Bridges a lot. He's, he's, he does some good stuff. Oh, he does. He's just literally, I, I think he got hit in the head while filming True Grit and forgot <laughs> that, who he really was. That or he just found his new style. I mean, he, but, he just liked what he was doing, so I he guess. just decided to carry on. With but it. this is before then, and, and there's no... There's no Rooster Cogburn in his voice. Um, Keith Sutherland is an underrated actor in my I opinion. I like Keith Sutherland. He, he's very good in this movie. I just showed her a, a Kiefer movie not too long ago yeah. that, thought, you know, uh, Freeway. If you guys haven't seen Freeway, is actually a take. It's a modern uh, take on Little Red Riding Hood that that's uh, doesn't actually have a wolf in it, but the it, it's all it's cool. metaphorical, you know, and it. Yeah, I thought, yeah, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, not my favorite movie in the world, but I, but I just saying for Kiefer Sutherland, I think he's a good actor. Yeah. I just, uh, Flatliners. Yeah, no, that's that's a, actually see Flatliners is an actual horror film that should have been on that would have been on one of my lists. I loved the original Flatliner. No, yeah, we can we will definitely discuss. That is a good movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, we uh, we got some movies for oh, sure. Oh yeah. I, I feel like we say these things are going to be on our list, but when you actually see our list, there's going to be very little from this list. <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. Well, no, well, the, the van, I, I would give both movies four riches, and I would give the original four and a half because of the original. It's the original. Well, I'll have to take your word on the original. The, the remake, I'm good with four. I really like it. I just really don't. When I watched it, and, and it's, been, it's been a matter of years now, but when I watched it, I didn't get... Uh, trust me... We don't want to ruin it. The subject matter is pretty horrific. I mean, some of the things that the girl has to go through and stuff like that. But um, I never really got like a, a true horror vibe. I, I felt more of a thriller suspense. No, no, definitely. This will appeal. This actually, I, I will say, this will appeal to you if you like thrillers yeah, or your lover or whoever you watch movies yeah. with likes thrillers more. This is one you can watch together. You'll both be satisfied. But I would put this as a horror movie especially as you get older, because it comes down to a conversation where it's basically an extended version of the end of seven. Where he's like, what's in the box? What's in the box? Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't want to ruin ruin it, it, but basically Keith Sutherland gets so mind-fucked by Jeff Bridges, the things that Jeff Bridges ask him to do and what he's willing to do mm. is truly disturbing. It it's, it, and I think that's where we get into horror. I guess. That's I where we get into It just horror. feels thrillers to me. It's like, well, Seven is pretty screwed up, too. Yeah, I mean, but, but, I mean, but horror. horror and thriller, you know, there's that fine line, and this is one that definitely bridges that line, but I do think there's enough horror here to be on a horror. Yeah, list. I guess, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still on the fence with the horror aspect. Still a great movie. And then another movie that came out years later. But, and I've never shown this to someone who doesn't like it. My wife yeah. loved this movie. Uh, bra- uh, breakdown with uh, with uh, Kurt Russell. Breakdown is a fantastic well, underrated movie. Well, it t- took a, little, a couple of elements. Not everything, trust me. It's I not, told you it wasn't a donut king. Yeah, it's not nearly <laughs> as bad as The Vanishing, you know, as far as subject matter. But it, even Breakdown borrows a little bit from yes. Vanishing. So if you've seen Breakdown, you might be able to put that together. But, um, but yeah. Breakdown is one of those movies that Hollywood doesn't make anymore that bums me out. There used to be all of these mid-budget thrillers that would come out every year. 
and now you hardly ever even get a high budget thriller, let alone just a yeah. one that you go and you didn't even realize it was going to come out and you love it. Yeah, there were some good thrillers back in the day. Well, I mean, every about every month. Every month you'd have a mid-budget thriller. Yep. Um, shoot, even though I just rewatched Pacific Heights not too long ago. I forgot how good that movie was with Michael Keaton. Good. Melanie Griffith. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that that turned from that one gets a little crazy in the ending too. Like that's a that's a crazy movie. I won't say anything about that one just in case you haven't seen it. But that's it's a pretty good thriller with Michael Keaton if you like him. And uh, in a very horrific scenario where you cannot seem to evict a bad tenant. And Which, if you live in California, is true nightmare. Yes, and if you, yeah, this tenant makes it really bad for them, and it, it gets really crazy. I, I really enjoyed it. All right, the next movie on the list, because we're, we're starting to run down on our time here. We got a few good ones coming up here. The 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Which? With Donald Sutherland. Which, in my opinion, is one of the few remakes that I, I think is better than the original movie. I, so you heard me talking about the original, the, us talking about the original uh, not too long ago. Or maybe, I don't know if that episode got released yet. I know we're about to dump a whole bunch on you guys. Um, but that one, um, I really enjoyed it. was first, well, I shouldn't say the first time I'd seen it. I, been, I was a kid when I saw it. When I came back as an adult and watched it, I really enjoyed it. But I have to say, the creep factor of this remake some of the things and the subtle differences and well there's more than subtle differences in this one but the way they approach it in this movie is by far better than the original or the 90s remake by far oh yeah this is and i i am totally with rich on that one this one spooked me out and there's still a scene in this movie that gets me today i'm a 38 year old man. Oh, what's the scene oh uh, you know donald sutherland oh at the very end yeah i don't want to say hey, yeah no they, this is um you know i you know, this is a, this goes beyond horror, beyond sci-fi. This this is one of the greatest American movies, in my opinion. I mean, I put this in... I don't know. I might put this in the low, like, 90s of top 100 horror movies, mm -hmm. you know, that I've seen. I, I love this movie. Uh, so, yeah, I... You no. know, this the, the concept of body snatching is so great. Uh, that's the reason it's used in so many TV shows, so many movies, and this is the best one. I agree. It had some of the craziest, like when they're walking and people are looking at, you remember the whole city, I mean, and this takes place, see the difference with the original, and is that this is taking place in a, in a small town, in the original, and this one, it's it's wide open, you're in the big city, and and so it gets, it gets nuts. This movie, you know, for the people that like this type of stuff, in a weird way, kind of was meta before there was meta. In that it might even be considered a sequel as well as a remake, because if people forget this, but the guy who first starts pounding on the wall a door of the car and screaming to Donald Sutherland and the actress uh, that I can't remember from uh, Brooke Adams, there we go. She yeah. is the star of the original film, and then he gets hit by the bus. Interesting. And Remember that? Yes. That is the star of the original put, movie. I didn't put that together. Screaming That's about how they, they're here finally. They're here finally. They're going to kill us all. The question becomes, did it move from the small town? Finally well, remember in the original, the guy escapes. That? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, the guy escapes and it makes it to a hospital where they're going to, well, he gets arrested and then, or, and then taken to a mental institution, but you never really see what happens to him. Yeah. The movie ends... 
you know, I don't want to say it. I shouldn't say it. Just but the movie it. ends leaving you on a cl- on a. I didn't say anything about that when we were talking about it uh, the first time, but I'm talking about it now with this suit. Is that, yeah, that's one of my favorite parts. Is the guy from the original movie. Is the guy, when they're first discovering, there's, uh, the main character is Donald Sutherland. He's talking with his female friend about what's happening to her lover. They're going to find out what's happening to him. Has he become a homosexual? Has he whatever? All uh, these different things. Why is he sneaking out? And while they're talking on the bus... A man starts slamming in the bus and screaming about well, everything that's going to happen in the movie, star of the original film, and then he gets hit by another bus. Oh, so it wasn't Brooke Adams, though. That's the woman. So who was that? Who was that? She's uh, the chick from Lois Lane, and, uh, and uh, she was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. I always forget her name. Margo something. Margo Kidder or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, this was really a good movie. It's got it is for the Star Wars fan or uh, Star Trek fans out there. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy is in this. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, young Jeff Goldblum, and he does the, you know the cast, all of them do a fantastic job. It was a, you know what this movie, this movie hit all sorts of different things. Not only was it a sci-fi takeover film, but it had some true horror and oh yeah, and it was spooky. Like I remember when I watched this version when I was a kid, this was this had some some real creepy stuff going on. Oh, it's especially you know, the ending, which I can't give away. I mean, and the special effects <laughs> to this day are just top notch. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things that are going on in this movie I mean, are, I don't want to ruin too much, but the body effects, mm-hmm. the pod effects, they stand the test of time. Oh yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. I knew we were going to hit this soon, so I was kind of excited. But uh, yeah, it just, we're, we're trying to make a promise to ourselves that we will not ruin. <laughs> we won't ruin stuff. So, so it's hard because we could go off on this. Like I said, the ending of this movie... Is pretty damn spooky, actually, and I want to say it, but I can't. So let's get to the rating on this. Five riches. Five riches. I'll agree with that one. Five riches all around. Yes, I would agree with that. So we're going, moving on to number forty-six. So forty-six. the original Frankenstein, 1931. This was one of my faves when I was a kid. Great movie. I was a lot. See, when I was young, young, I, you know, I, for most of my life, I've been drawn towards horror films for some reason. I don't know why. It doesn't make me a bad person. That's just the genre I like. And uh, even as a young kid, I, I was trying, always trying. Well, these were the only ones that my parents would let me watch when I was a certain age. Um, you know, once I hit teen years and stuff, I was watching whatever. But, but. Uh, all the Universal monsters used to be my favorite: Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, all that stuff. And so I actually really liked this one. Of course, you know I like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that the new, the Robert De Niro one. That's another fave of mine. But this is always going to have a special place in my heart. I loved this movie when I was a kid. Maybe that's a little nostalgia talking, but I don't know. That's just me. I, oh I, no, I yeah. I um I think all the Universal monster flicks stand the test of time. Yeah, they're all very enjoyable. And I said this earlier about how classic horror movies are great movies to go watch with your kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, I think that Frankenstein might be the best of them. I would probably agree. You know, pro- I think, yeah. It's, I used, like I said, I liked, uh, the, you know, Dracula, Bela Lugosi, all that stuff, you know. But um, I never watched that movie like I watched the original. I must have seen the original Frankenstein a bajillion times, you know. Well, I mean, it's got a fantastic feel. You know, it opens up with that classic, 
announcer who comes out and tells you how horrific everything you're about to see yeah. is, and you should. And then you know it, it, it's got a it's got a great cast. It's got a good you know. I mean, and I'll I'll keep beating this nail, but uh, Boris Karloff is just such a better actor than the other classic movie. I mean, all these classic horror movies use the same guys, mm-hmm. and the best actor is Lon Chaney. Well, in all the movies on this list, Lon Chaney's not in it. So Boris Karloff is just hands down better than everyone else. He's just a good actor in a time period where a lot of actors were hammy. Yeah. You know, and... Well, and that's yeah. how these movies were made. I mean, there there is some hammy stuff even in Frankenstein, but the movie itself, you know, overall, yeah. as a whole, I think really was good. And it's actually spawned one of my favorite spoof films, too, so i got to give it credit for that, uh, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, yeah. Because if this movie hadn't come out, I, it never would have existed. Yeah, that's true. And it makes it funnier when you watch Young Frankenstein if you've seen this movie, because they parody everything from it. Yep. But... You know, there's just some dark... This movie has some surprisingly dark things in it. Are well, you, most of these old movies do. You know, he throws the girl down the, you know, into the water, and she, you're going to go ahead and think she drowns. I think she does. Uh, just, it's a, it's a creature that didn't want to be created in the first place. He comes off as a dumb idiot in this movie. In Mary Shelley's book, he's actually intelligent. But even in this, even in this film, you can tell he's doesn't want to be around. I mean, he's obviously in some kind of, you know, emotional turmoil. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know, you know, even when he hurts that girl in the film, he, you can tell he regrets it. He's got all kinds. Of, I mean, it's just the movie's deep. It's got kind. It's got kind of uh, an interesting feel to it. I don't know. It's definitely not like the newer Frankenstein's. You know, and throw this out here because uh, I don't know why. I just want to plug this. Mary Shelley's book is one of the few books. That we are all reading the rewrite. If you actually ever get a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with a forward, the book was completely rewritten two years after it came out because the original implied so many uh, sexual implications uh-huh. in the creation of Frankenstein that all the critics accused her of sleeping with her father. So okay. the publicist had her rewrite the book. Uh, so I still the original don't think, Frankenstein is even darker than the I, she, book that but, exists today. But my whole point was, she, and that's interesting, but I didn't know that. I did read <clears throat> Frankenstein. It's a hard read, though, if you're not a reader. You have to be somebody that... It's very gothic. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. and it's trying to be literature, not trying to be... Yeah, it, it's a hard read if you're not somebody that reads off. So that wouldn't be the first book I'd tell you to write out and, and buy if, if you haven't read in a while. I'm not saying you're, you know... It makes you stupid. It's just a hard read. Yeah. Oh, well, there's books that are also just designed to be hard reads. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gothic stories are designed to be. They do yeah. a lot of repeating, a lot of hiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, and sometimes you might have to go back. I had, when I read it, I had to backtrack a little bit on certain things. I was like, what? It checkmate, they mess with time a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, but but back to the film. This is our last one for the for the evening. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, like I said, saw it a bajillion times. There is a lot of dark stuff in this film. Um, sadness, really. You do feel bad for the creature in the end. By the end of that movie, you're like, because at first you don't, because he's just this big bumbling freak show, but you end up feeling bad. There's a lot of things going on in this movie that you just don't think you'd see in a movie, you know, Hence why the narrator, about a, a created monster, you know. Hence why the narrator comes out and warns everyone. Uh-huh. No, I mean, yeah, I think this is, you know, the the classic universal monster flicks you know, are what made Universal Pictures, and I think it's because they're all A-list, fantastic movies, and this is one of them. Yeah, and they did, and I, I do too, and I, I always liked how all those Universal monsters were cut. They came from, from literature, mm-hmm. 
I like that. You could read a lot of these monsters have originated from uh, books. It's Dracula, Invisible Man, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. The mummy. The mummy. So it's just kind of cool to see them being brought to, to life. And these really shaped the future of creature movies and, and horror in, in its own way, big time. Because yeah. oh, there yeah. wasn't stuff like this. None of them, you know. I, I'm thinking of Universal as a whole. I mean, they just they kicked that off. And then Hammer came out later. And then it started just kind of spiraling from there. But, but yeah, I, I like this. What do you think? I'm looking... Well, I think it's five. Yeah, I'm thinking five, just because it is such a classic. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you know, we I know that earlier tonight I gave some of these movies that don't stand the test of time. You know, but what the problem with silent films is, it's a genre where sound is so important, mm -hmm. and it's a silent movie. Once you get into the '30s, color helps, but color's not that important. No, I mean, and like these movies. In 3,030, some cinephile's going to show his kids Frankenstein. Yeah. And they're going to enjoy it. Like, that's five for each movie. Yeah. And it's, of course, got the infamous line, It's alive! It's alive! I mean, it was just a classic. Just don't get me wrong. Like I said, Dracula was another fave of mine in a lot of ways, but um, not like Frankenstein. So, all right. I think... That is going to do it. So that we is, hit 10. We hit for 10 sure. for Shizzle. Oh, that's right, because we went back to Clyden. Yeah, that's right. So we're at 10. So, mm -hmm. all right. Well, I think that went well. We're, we're moving and grooving. Like I said, we're slowly moving down the list here. <laughs> but we're back. No more holidays. Yeah, no more holidays. So we're going to get this moving a little quicker, probably. I mean, we're about to run into some films, though, that... Um, I uh, know a lot about. We're getting, like I said, these upper ones, some of these Japanese ones, and silent film ones. I just didn't know a whole lot about, so it was a little more one, you know, one-sided on on Rich. But we're gonna get into some stuff that uh, we can discuss a little more because we both know, <laughs> we both see them. So I'm looking forward to that. Next uh, time we're gonna be starting off with Poltergeist, which is gonna be a, that one's gonna take a while. There's a lot to say about Poltergeist. Yes, Poltergeist a lot. was fantastic. That yeah, was a classic. <clears throat> is it even They're just here. the trivia? Is it, is it Toby Hooper's best movie, or is it Steven Spielberg's hidden movie? Yada 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 yada. Oh, there's a lot of stuff with this. Yeah, was the set haunted? Did bad things happen to people while making the film? It's got kind of an Exorcist vibe going on with it. Curse. You know, because, curse. Yeah, the curse. That's the right word. Like Superman. Yeah, and just to throw this out, because we've mentioned Toby Hooper and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. If you are looking for a fantastic movie to watch with your kids and they can't handle Invasion of the Body Sanders, watch Invaders from Mars by Toby Hooper. Invaders from Mars. <laughs> oh, it's been a long, long time. Since I mean, that is a horror movie designed for children. There's not many of those, and it works. Your little children will literally be guessing amongst themselves who's an alien, who's not an alien, who's going to die. And everything's in it. People murdering each other, suicide, everything. And yet... You'll watch it and go, this movie deserves to be PG. How did he pull it off? Fantastic kids horror movie, Invaders from Mars. Yes, that was pretty good. It's been a long time. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is what we just talked about. You can find on Pluto TV, and I know you can find it on um, Amazon Prime because I almost rented it the other night uh, just because I thought maybe I'd bone it. But I, I remember that movie so well. Poltergeist is so popular. I, I guarantee you can find that on Prime, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. if you can't find Poltergeist somewhere... Poltergeist mm -hmm. is another planet. Yeah, so you'd be able to find that probably on, on Prime as well. 
But, uh, yeah, um, Frankenstein, another one that I'm sure is rentable on Prime. But you might be able to find some of the Universal stuff on the on some of the uh, the free ones. Like oh, said, yeah. Tubi, gonna be yeah, free, Tubi yeah. and Peacock or something. Pluto. Paramount. I don't know. Well, it's Universal, so it wouldn't be on Paramount. But you'd find it on, on one of those services, I'm sure. But all right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening. Dun, dun, dun. Yep, dun, dun, dun. We made it through another episode. Don't forget to pour one out for Betty White. Oh, yeah. Betty White. Cheers to Betty White. Yes. Just a, just a little ways away from her 100th birthday. I know. You know, I, so, you know, not to sound really cold, but someone said to me, they sent me a text. I'm like, oh, she's two weeks from her 100th birthday. What a tragedy. And I went, wow, that's a tragedy to have. Uh, you lived in 99.99. Well, that's what I was telling Crystal. She lived a long life. And she life. never got yeah. sick. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want. Go when you're almost 100 and yeah. never got demented or no, enfeebled. No, she was doing comedy. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was at a brunch. I know, I just, I know. Well, I'm just giving the person, and you know who you are, <coughs> who sent me the text yeah. about a tragedy. You know, it's not a tragedy. Sad. Not a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Huh. No, Norm MacDonald was a tragedy. Yes, he was. To me. I love Norm MacDonald. No, I loved Norm MacDonald's yeah, stuff. River Phoenix tragedy. Yeah. Betty White. Like Long life. Yeah, long life. <laughs> Go in peace. But, but, yeah. it was still, but it's still kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. But uh, wherever you are, you made everyone laugh, even me, who doesn't really particularly remember Golden Girls. But. Oh, Golden <laughs> Girls. All right, everyone. All right, Anybody else have anything to say before we go? No, I think that's it. All right. We'll, we'll be back you. again next week. Yep. Well, thanks, uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll be talking with you soon.